In this week's episode of Midlife AF, I'm going to introduce you to the lovely Rebecca. Um, Rebecca stopped drinking, actually, I think about seven years ago um, with AA and did pretty well. And then after a period of time, she went back to the odd drink and drinking started to get a bit of a hold again and she was feeling out of out of alignment with her values because she was having to hide that and you know she had a lot of shame attached to it as well and so in this episode Rebecca's going to talk about that She's going to talk about what it has been like for her following a different way of stopping drinking and how important that's been for her, how important community has been in her journey and gentle loving kindness, self-compassion without judgment and exploration with a group of like-minded women. So without further ado, I will hand us over to the lovely Rebecca. If you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking. Come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. Hi, Beck. I am so glad you were able to join me on Midlife AF today. Welcome. Thanks, Emma. It's really so exciting to be here and a little bit daunting as well to put my story out there but I've decided it's time to share with as many people as possible I might be able to help them too hopefully so true isn't it and I know when I stopped drinking listening to other people's stories was so helpful and it kind of helps you realize that you're not alone and that you've got more in common with other people than you think yeah, they might be able to relate and yeah. think, oh, that's how I feel. And I was there or I'd like to be there. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, so Beck, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Just say, you know, who you are and anything that you want to share about yourself. And then we'll get into some questions. But if you just introduce yourself rather than me do it, because I'm sure I won't do you justice. Sure. Well, Beck, also known as Rebecca, and I'm just turned 54 on Sunday. And I have to say, I am finally 
coming into myself with my age. Yeah. So I actually feel physically fitter than I've ever felt now at any time in my life. So that's great. Mm. And also with this work, finally getting to know myself. Yeah. So I'm a mum of two teens. That's a little bit of a wild ride at the minute. Yeah. I have a 14-year-old <laughs> 14 <laughs> daughter and a 17-year-old son mm. and a lot of what I've been really able to get out of being AF is around them yeah. and being their mum. Yeah. <clears throat> I work full-time mm-hmm. as a nurse. I work in operating theatres. That's pretty much always been my profession and something I've always had a passion for. Getting a little bit fatigued physically much more now. I'm not sure what's going on there. But other than that, I'm so I'm rethinking the whole full-time thing maybe for this year. But other than that, it's a job I love. Yeah. I'm married. Mm-hmm. And my husband's number three husband, mm-hmm. <laughs> which again I would never have openly admitted. But um, why not? Yeah. And he's great. He, I finally at this point in my life met someone who's a healthy man. So yeah. he's like, as in, in within him, like psychologically healthy. Yes. <laughs> And that's really great. And so we have, I have a lot of hope for our marriage and our relationship. Yeah. What else about me? Um, Yeah, I guess we'll get into the rest. Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of a a little overview. That's a great taster and um, just a a really interesting insight into your life. And a lot of the women that um, we work with in in our group is uh, women with um, teenagers. And so there's always quite a lot of things that we share in that area as well. Um, And I know Beck joined, I got to know Beck when she joined um, the alcohol experiment back in August 22. And... It feels like longer than that, by the way. It's, it's, it's <laughs> that's actually quite a long time, I think. <laughs> it feels like a long time. But yeah, it but like it also, you, you know, for me, it feels like I've been having the support and the fellowship and the community for longer than that. Yeah, yeah, it does because we they, we talk. We have a lot of um, there's a. I think there's something about when you stop drinking um there's a there's a level of honesty and openness that comes from that um and it means that you get into the deep stuff quite quickly so you build quite strong relationships I think with yeah yeah so I'm not surprised it feels like it's a longer time um but I'm interested would you be able to share with us why what motivated you to join the Aussie alcohol experiment back in August. What was your reasoning? I had done a number of years, oh gosh, six or so without alcohol. And then about a year before I joined the Aussie alcohol experiment, I found I just had the argument back in my head about whether I could drink. Hmm. Normally, It started really, really slowly, just as an argument, just as a thought, and then it built up to me actually having a drink. And then I'd think, no, I don't want to do this, so then I'd go another month and I'd have another drink. 
And it really kicked off the cognitive dissonance that we talk so much about. And it just would not go away. And it got stronger and stronger and stronger and started to drive me mad. Like I'd never really been in that place before because when I was had my long time of sobriety, I didn't really think about drinking at all. It just wasn't a thought I was because I was really staying sober based on the fear I had around just having one drink. And then after a while, when I started to do that, sort of probably on a, on a monthly basis or so, I found that I could do that. And mm-hmm. so everything I'd heard about it being such a problem, I disproved, yeah. which was a really dangerous place to be in. And the other thing that I really didn't like about those single drinks, because I never had more than one, maybe two, yeah. is that they were 100% sneaky. Yeah. Because I'd built a, an alcohol-free lifestyle. Everybody knew I didn't drink, don't drink, and I simply couldn't drink in front of anybody. It just wasn't an option. Yeah. And so it had to be sneaky, and that created a whole new dark side of drinking. Yeah. And I thought, I can't believe I'm doing this, hiding it in the bushes and hiding it in the back of the cupboard and buying it, drinking it in the car on the way home. It was that sneaky element actually really frightened me. Yeah. And I think I can't even actually remember how I first came across you, Emma, but I think it was a Facebook post. Probably. Gratuitous. And I clicked on it and I thought it it was something I needed to do right then and there. Yeah. And I actually remember I was, I was a bit, I was a couple of days late and I, I sent you an email, please, please let me in even though I'm a couple <laughs> of days late. And you're like, yeah, that's fine, no problem. <laughs> and learnt as soon as I got into that program, I learnt a whole new look on sobriety or at being alcohol free. It's yeah. completely different to what I did before. Yeah. And it took a while and there are a few extra little data points along the way and that frustrated me, but it was okay. Yeah. And it hadn't been okay previously. Definitely yeah. hadn't been okay, but it was okay this time. Yeah, totally. That's what attracted me. I just thought I have to do something and I don't want to do what I did last time. Yeah, 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 that makes total sense. And like you say, um, very much in this work, we talk about um, when you tr- if you drink, when you're taking a break from as data points and mm. we think of them as something that you can learn from and something that's actually an important part of your journey um, so that you learn from what's happened and you're able to look into and understand why it happens, which is and the ongoing work that we do as alcohol-free people as well is like when we get triggered or when we, like I was walking the other day, in fact, this morning I was walking past someone smoking and I haven't smoked in years, but I'd had a really bad morning and I smelled <laughs> it and I was like, oh, it smells so good, I really, which is so weird, right? Because obviously it doesn't smell good. No. <laughs> <laughs> but some kind of like, back unconscious thing was there going that's just what you need right now yeah there's a lot of unraveling to do that is for sure (laughs) 
Um, and so, sorry, go on. Long, because I, because it's for the long run, it's like a lifetime thing. It's not, I don't know, it's just got a different feel, very different feel to it. So it's okay yeah. to have a data point. You certainly don't run away. You don't need to hide that from the group and sharing with completely non-judgment. That's something I'm really not used to. And when I learned that you could do that and saw others doing that too, it was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I even shared recently, I had a, I had a drinking dream, yeah. which um, those of you who are in early alcohol-free days, the first time you have it, you just wake up, or I do anyway, thinking, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then you're yeah. just so relieved that you haven't actually had a drink. That's right. But in the dream was the group, the Be The Lighthouse oh. group. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is okay because I'll be able to tell them that yeah. I did this. Just a data point. Yeah, yeah, it's just a data point. It's so true. It's it, it takes that sort of, like you say, so often we feel like we've done something wrong. Yeah. If we have a data point and we try and get away from that in our group because it's very much about, that's something for us to learn from and possibly the foundation of the next bit of our alcohol-free journey. Um, so really important, you know, it's important to have those things. Otherwise, we don't find out, right? We don't understand. That's right. Yeah. And so, sometimes you need to do it to realise, oh, actually, that little belief I was still holding about having a drink, I just proved to myself that that's no longer true. That's exactly right. And sometimes you don't need to have the drink to go, that was really gross. <laughs> <laughs> or even I felt really, it didn't give me what I thought it was going to give me. No, and, which the first time that happens, it's really quite yeah. bizarre. But again, another learning. Yeah, that's exactly and right. And if, if I'm doing it for that and I'm not even getting that and then there's all these other outcomes, why bother? Yeah, that's exactly For right. me, a huge part is to not feel shame because I have so much shame and it's coming up in all sorts of other areas at the moment since being alcohol-free. But to heap on shame on top of the fact that I had a data point is just the worst possible thing I could do. So much more likely I'm going to do it again to get rid of the shame. That's exactly it. That's exactly it, isn't it? Yeah. And we and it just happens so much. It's almost like our cultural conditioning. That's what we do if we think we've done something that we is not what we wanted to do. We just sort of we're mean to ourselves and we yeah. like say horrible things to ourselves. And and yet, yeah, like you say, that's the most likely thing that means we're going to go and do it again. <laughs> Feel trapped, right? Yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's a it's a strange pattern, but it's different, and it's difficult to get out of. I think. I think just like our conditioning is like is very much if we're mean to ourselves, then we'll stop whatever it is. Mm. The idea is that we'll do that, but it's it's not the opposite is really true. It's actually if we're kind to ourselves, um, we can understand better and be in a calmer place to be able to change, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you what was the your biggest learning was that your biggest learning from the alcohol experiment would you say and uh well it was 30 days wasn't yes. it so that was, the yes. first 
my biggest learning from the 30 days was, yeah, exactly that. It was a data point that I had where my husband said to me, because I admitted to him, and I probably wouldn't have been able to do this without the program yeah. either. I admitted to him what I, that I had been drinking secretly, and he didn't know that. So it was this big thing in my head, and he had no idea. And whilst he was a little shocked by that, he also said, look, why don't, I'm happy if we sometimes drink together. Yeah. So here's this option laid open to me yeah. by somebody to say, you don't have to be sneaky. I'm happy to do it sometimes with you yeah. in an open fashion. And so it was really quite weird to have that offer. I took the yeah. offer up, we did it, yeah. and I just thought I felt so disgusting. It was a lunch. Yeah. The rest of the afternoon I felt so horrible <laughs> from having probably two or three glasses of wine and then the next day I was craving more and I mm. just thought, no, this is not something I want to introduce into our relationship. Yeah. It's not something we need as part of our repertoire. It's only going to be destructive for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, shared that a lot with the group, shared that with him, and it was actually really helpful. Mm. Yeah. It felt very, very strange doing yeah. that, sitting in a restaurant drinking a bottle of wine with someone I'd never, because I had been alcohol-free for so long, yeah. someone I'd never done that before. Boy, it felt weird. Yeah. Fascinating. And so interesting that once, you know, the doors are open, you're like, actually, mm. no, I don't want to do that now. Now I can. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which otherwise it might have remained as this yeah. thing, this, like, thing I was fantasising about as yeah. being a good thing and then I did it and I'm like mm, it's on offer but no yeah 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 absolutely and in terms of the alcohol experiment was there anything in it that really resonated for you and in terms of the format or the connections or the group or I loved the other women I couldn't believe how fortunate I was that we were so alike yeah and I thought, I wonder if Emma's been stalking us all on Facebook to <laughs> pick out. Cherry picking. <laughs> pick hand, pick a group who are similar. I don't think so. I think, again, it's just the universe putting us together. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. We're all somewhere between sort of mid-40 to mid-50. Yeah. Or early 40s to mid-50s. Yeah. We've all got kids, either little teens or empty nesters. and. Yeah. Amazing. They are just a great group, aren't they? Such I love an them. amazing group of women. Yeah. Sometimes I even look for differences. Yes. Because I can't believe how a lot, you know, I'm looking for some sort of break in the, you know. Yes. Yeah. That's me being paranoid. But it, it doesn't, well, whenever it's sort of someone's away for a little bit, they'll come in and say, I'm feeling disconnected, and we just bring them back in. Yeah. We just yeah. love them back into the group. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, they are. It is a beautiful group and, and we're very lucky, I think. Sorry, I just realised I'm mixing the alcohol experiment with my Be The Lighthouse. Be The Lighthouse. Because they're yes. almost all the same people. They are. That's exactly right. 
So and Beck, so do you want to talk a little bit about, so Beck has uh, joined the Be The Lighthouse, which is my membership program, after her 30-day alcohol experiment. And a lot of the ladies who did the alcohol experiment with Beck came over at the same time as well. Yeah. Um, so we've ended up with a really lovely, strong group of women who've been together for a really long time working through that post 30 days we want to be alcohol free and we might not be 100% quite there yet not all of us but we are all in that that's the direction we're all going in so it's like how do we like Beck says love nurture coach support each other through this journey together um and so Beck would you tell us a little bit about the be the lighthouse program if you don't mind yeah it's really it has ended up being a natural segue from one to the other and it's more of the same really because i don't think there's any one of us who has remained alcohol free the entire time so the 30 days plus now we're up to i don't know three or four months now being a group yeah and that's the honest truth so because the reason i'm saying that is when i thought Will I transition from the Aussie alcohol experiment to the Be The Lighthouse? Because it's a decision to make. It's a commitment, financial and time and all those sorts of things. Will I do this? And I thought, I don't know if I can stay alcohol free. Yeah. And it was almost, I thought that that was a requirement. Yes. But it's not. We're all trying so hard. We're all working for progress, not perfection. We're all honest when we have a data point. And they've they've been some along the way. And it's all completely fine. It's just a work in progress. And yeah. some of us who have longer stretches then encourage the others and say, oh, sometimes it takes a while to get a long stretch. And then that might be another data. You might have another data point. And it's all completely fine. That's it. Because that's how it is, right? That's how yeah. it, that's how the journey goes, ups and downs and data points and getting back on. And, the, the you know, the goal is to just put, you just put more and more into the alcohol-free bucket and then eventually it just tips. It's kind of magical in a way. It's Yeah, and that's how it can become a lifetime thing and a lifetime lifestyle Yes. And I remember one of the ladies from the group saying recently that she'd worked out, and even though she has had a couple of data points, she'd worked out if she got counted every day how many had been alcohol-free and how many data points there'd been. She was still 96% alcohol-free. She thought that was pretty darn good. Bloody brilliant. (laughs) And we can all do that. Because on the whole, together, doing all the work we're doing, we are definitely alcohol-free. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's what's been so lovely working with you guys has been just how, um, well, for me, it's, there's, an, there's an intelligence to you all that you all want to learn, you want to grow, you want to investigate, and you particularly, Beck, have really entered into this sort of investigation of self yeah in order to kind of get rid of anything that's that's holding you back to creating the life that you want to live which i i honor and i think you're amazing the way you do that thank you but that's absolutely my why 
for being alcohol free now. And that why for being alcohol free has changed in the last six months. It's gotten deeper. Yeah. Bigger, just to the bigger picture. And now my why is I want to find out who I really am. Because the first time I did stop drinking, a few of those a few years ago, yeah. I had no idea who I was. I didn't used to be able to laugh. Yeah. I thought nothing's funny. I had no I couldn't feel emotions. Yeah. And so it does take time to get all that back and for me to figure out who I am and really to work on how did you put it? I remember in one of the things we were talking about recently, might have been on one of the coaching calls, you said something like if you get to the point where you love and accept yourself, then it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Mm. And that is what I would like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm striving for. That's my why because I can't do that yeah. if I'm messing up my energy with these data points along the way. So that's what sort of kept me for, yeah. I think, two months and three days or something is it's, it's been my stretch this time and I really Amazing. want a long, yeah, I want a long stretch. It is a long stretch. It really is. And it's, you know, a lot of investigation going into there and difficult things coming up and, you know, working through them. Yeah. Even, you know, difficult conversations and, you know, sitting in silences and all of the things that make us feel most vulnerable and, um, being able to do that without reaching for a drink. And I think you were saying recently in the group that, you know, you went through something and it was quite a big thing, but it, 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 alcohol wasn't. Wasn't going to help. That was the last thing on your mind. It was like, you know, just more about, you know, I need to get out and go and have a walk or I need to yeah. go and do something else. But I think that's really interesting what you talk about there, that sort of, um, journey back to yourself and finding out who you are because that's been the biggest thing for me on this journey as well yeah. um, and I think it's really exciting and I loved when you shared your picture of your little self <laughs> so beautiful little Rebecca and you know we talk about that sort of thing quite a lot in the group as well that idea yeah. of reaching back to who we were put on this earth to be and um, treating ourselves when we feel vulnerable and when we feel triggered with the kindness that we would if we would if we were speaking to that young version of ourselves you know yeah and that was pretty early on in the in the probably we, I don't think I don't know if we did that in the alcohol experiment we certainly started that sort of conversation with the group in when we started with the Be The Lighthouse. And at first I found it quite difficult. Yeah. And then it started to happen quite naturally. And I remember thinking, what would my little Rebecca really want? And I, and I started it with decision. So what would little Rebecca really want to do? Yeah. And then went from there. What does little Rebecca need? What does little Rebecca want? And it's about our genuine inside selves. Yeah. Yeah. And how 
sometimes what we're doing in the world doesn't really nurture that yeah. self. Yeah. And so it's a bit it's a bit tricky to start to think that way, but then it almost becomes natural and we talk about it a lot. Yeah. And I think getting a, quite a few people just randomly got pictures of themselves. It wasn't anything yes. you said, why don't you get a picture of yourself and post it? <laughs> yes. We just started doing it and it was just so cute, yeah. so nurturing. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely lovely. And just seeing the confidence in people and the willingness to share and be vulnerable. And I think so much in this work, like you say, the group is such an important um, part of work with our call, I think, is that knowing that we are all human beings, fallible human beings who have in many, many ways, very similar experiences of life. Yeah. And that sort of that I that knowledge that someone else will have felt a similar way to you at some point, and so that you have that connection there, so you're not alone or feeling ostracized or you know like like you kind of make yourself when you're when you're drinking and you're you're not in community, yeah. One of the things that I found stopped me from being able to stop drinking was this such strong and firm belief that everybody else drank like I did. Everybody else drank. Everyone drinks. Yeah. And I had this realisation one day quite soon after I did stop drinking that, hang on, it's a Friday night and there are lots of adults driving their cars around. They can't all be drunk. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe yeah. not everybody does drink on a Friday night. And yeah. it just sort of breaking down those beliefs that I'd never even recognised, let alone worked on. Totally. So that was something I really had to do. And thinking that I was alone in the way I thought, the way I reacted, my emotions, and then finding in the group that people have either done that, felt that, feeling that, yeah. or they can definitely relate. Definitely. And then definitely. I don't feel like a freak. Yes, that's <laughs> it. Which is always a nice feeling. We're all freaks. <laughs> that's the <laughs> lovely thing about it. Freaks together. Yeah. <laughs> Even with the nose, because I'm um, with the whole menopause situation. Yeah. I digress a little here, but no, um, having a lot of trouble sleeping, which I've talked yeah. about on the group, Marco Polo a lot. And then other people might actually leave a polo at 3am. I think, yeah. oh, I'm not the only one that yeah. can't <laughs> Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? It's really it nice. It's really nice. And to be able to talk about those kind of things as well. I mean, sometimes we do talk about, you know, Things that bother, you know, worry us as women in midlife. Anyway, it could be it could be stuff to do with the menopause, could be stuff to do with perimenopause, it could be stuff to do with body image, it could be stuff. You know, mm. there's all these things that entwine together because they kind of make up where we are in the world yeah. as a group of women in in midlife. It's like those are the things that we think about, and a lot of our cultural conditioning and our sense of selves comes from you know, those those particular elements, how we get judged by society, things like, you know, 
um, our productivity, our perfectionism, our anxiety, all of those kind of things as well. You know, it, it all feeds into the same funnel, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And sort of nothing's off limits. So we might segue off for a little bit on the conversation about body image, which we did a, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and everybody got right into it. And yeah. then recently we've been talking about the challenge of connecting with a partner yes. who's still drinking yes. when we're alcohol free. Mm. And that's just a whole other minefield. But yeah. those who are in that situation, which is quite a few of us, yeah. can relate and think, well, how do we nut our way through this situation? That's it. That's it. Because there's so much more commonality always than there is difference. Yeah. Even though we might all be in different states and <clears throat> do different things for a living and whatever, it's our humanness and our our commonality of being women in I guess yeah. a developing developed country and um you know living these lives that we live it feels that there's a there's a there's a deeper connection on a human level um much more so than just about us you know having drunk or drinking I think yeah but I think and you talk you you brought this to light for me as well the society that we live in I think this is a lot of um the alcohol experiment work kind of in some ways gives us no choice but to drink yeah because we're under so much pressure we're just like where else do you find release all this stuff we've got to do all these roles we've got to fulfill all these people we have to be for all the other people in our lives you know it's crazy making that's right and if you don't have any other keeping our teenagers you know, okay, and (laughs) just being all of the, like, looking after partners, looking after parents, looking after jobs, it's like, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot. And like you say, it's no wonder we drink, Mm. especially with the cultural conditioning that we all have as, as human beings in this world. But yeah. And again, the work with you, that's a completely different aspect to anything I'd had before but but it's about life yeah right yeah yeah the life that we're in can make us did in my case make us drink and so therefore we have to do something to change somehow the way we react to the life we're in otherwise we're gonna go back to it that's exactly it that's exactly it and I think that's for a lot of us we're drinking you know because we that's the only way we can kind of cope with it feels like it's the only way that we can cope with stuff that's really hard and sometimes we're hiding Mm. Um, sometimes we're hiding from things we don't want to have the grown-up conversations around stuff and you know then those things come out and we have to have the grown-up conversations (laughs) and that's really hard yeah yeah and I think supporting each other through that is as important too because you know for some of us for me I started drinking when I was 13 I don't know when you started drinking babe 14 yeah but so for some of us you know we've really used alcohol in any kind of awkward difficult uncomfortable conversation Mm. situation or something else and so and or we've people pleased and 
put ourselves last. And even sometimes when we think that we are very self-confident um, <clears throat> and that we don't do that, we find out that, you know, once you start doing a bit of looking at, you know, your different patterns and what happens, that actually we're still kind of looking for approval from someone or someone to yeah. say, okay, and that we're all right and that we're worthwhile. And, you know, it all comes down to the same the same kind of core beliefs. Yes. There's yes. about five or six different ones if you were to kind of trot them out. But and I think it's just part of being human. You know, we just we come into this world and things happen and we take on a personality based on what we think we need to be like in order to be loved. And um this work is about unraveling all that, I think. Yeah. And getting back to where what, I mean, I think you've asked the question of us, what, what if you did love and accept yourself? Yeah. What if you did? Yeah. How would that be? It's like, wow. And sometimes I get a little taste of that and I just feel so liberated. Yeah. All the anxiety goes away, but that doesn't last long. So I'm working on that. Oh, we all are. We all are. That's the... That I think is forever work, isn't it? But yeah. it's interesting and it's good. It's not. I don't think it's. It, you know, some people say it's hard. I don't think it's hard. I think it's. I think it's. It can be difficult sometimes, but I think it's. It's interesting. Juicy. It's in, yeah, it's interesting. Juicy life is juicy. Yeah, yeah. When and you're alcohol free, it's even juicy. Yeah. <laughs> in sometimes a good way. It's too juicy, but. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But um, feeling the feels, that's, again, that's, I've got my why written on my fridge and that's my second why. I want to feel the feels. Yeah. Which is scary. Definitely. Because I don't like some of them, but. No. No. And escaping from them, they're still there, aren't you know, the stuff's still yeah. there when you get back. So it's like at some point yeah. we've got to get into it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or keep drinking, one or the other. Oh. No, 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 no. No. And so, Probably Beck, not. if there was something that if you, if somebody was where you were back when you joined in August, because there will be people who were feeling like you were, and, you know, when you talk about sneaky drinking and things like that, that is what I hear so much from people in yeah. different groups that I work in. Um. What would you, what would your words be to them? What advice could you give them from your experience? Keep on going. Yeah. Keep on going with the group, with support. And I'm not going to say bring it out into the light immediately. Yeah. Um, because the reason that you're doing it in a sneaky fashion is because you don't, because you want to keep on doing it. Yeah. So, and sometimes my husband would say to me, why don't you just tell me when you're about to do it? I'm like, I'm not going to do that because you'll say don't do it. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it sort of gets into a spiral. So, but it, as long as I think there's someone you can tell who's yeah. non-judgmental, yeah. and that's what I found in the group. Yeah. I wasn't ready to tell him because I kind of wasn't really ready to not do it, to stop, but I could tell the group and it was okay. Yeah. And then over time, I could tell him. Yeah. 
but with the sneakiness, I mean, I'm working on honesty in other areas in, in sort of in the whole of my life, which is pretty huge, and it's, I just know it's not good for relationships. Yeah. Because yeah. there's something between the two people yeah. the other one doesn't even know about and I hold on to. Yes. It's more shame. Yeah, absolutely. So my advice, if anyone is sneakily drinking and thinking I'm not, it's, I don't know, just once I found the group, a little bit of it was okay yeah. and it was okay to share there and I did. Yeah. And then just it just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I don't know, nothing clicked, nothing, not, there wasn't any one particular thing that anybody said. It just took time. Yeah. Yeah. And really working on those beliefs using yeah. the act technique that we did. Yeah. Um, we could talk about that for another hour, so I won't yeah. go there. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it definitely works. But, again, it takes time. You've got to chisel away a piece of rock. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You do, you do. And it's, um, there's always so many different reasons behind the why, the reasons why we do what we do. And often it's, it's really difficult to see them yourself mm. when you're in, you know, it's like you are yourself, right? So it's really hard to see them. So sometimes it's good to be in a group and you can, <clears throat> someone else can spot something that's, you know, you might be saying and you might think you, you might, it might be a story that you're living by, but actually, it, it might not be true. Yeah, and also in the coaching, because oh, I haven't really talked about the coaching calls, they're awesome. So whether you as a participant end up being the focus of it or even and most of the time I just sit there and yeah. hold the space for the others and take it in, oh, my goodness, without fail, it's like, wow, I learned so much from that because that's when you as a coach really work through the act. Yeah. What, 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 what is there that proves that belief? What is there that disproves that belief? Could we have some sort of turnaround on that belief? Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I really believe that. And now I'm starting to shift it. Yeah. Yeah. That belief works amazing, isn't it? I, yeah, it blows my mind whenever I do it. It's, um, it's quite incredible how, um, how many things we believe about ourselves particularly that are just yeah. it's cut you know not true and, <laughs> and there's not even any evidence for it either no. <laughs> <laughs> where did that come from <laughs> it's so true it's so true it's so true um for me working with you beck i think the thing that i find most inspirational is your ability to show up for yourself every day yeah and your ability to share your vulnerability the good and the bad stuff that happens so beautifully with the group and I think we were talking about this on the Marco Polo today and just saying or maybe yesterday and saying you know, when you come on and you open up about yourself and what's happening, good or bad, you give other people the gift of mm. being able to go, well, if she can do it, then I can do it too. And it's going to be okay. And yeah. so 
I thank you so much for the leadership that you bring in the group in that way um, and just showing up for yourself. You've, you've done such an amazing job. Oh, thank you. I think it's about and another realisation I've had with, since this work is that people actually don't want to see a perfect person. That's too intimidating. It's a turn off. Yeah. If they can see a little bit of vulnerability, something that's not perfect, they can relate to that. I think, oh, wow, well, yeah, that's me too. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? We all spend all our time trying to be like these perfect yeah. images and actually the people that we love are the silly people or the people <laughs> like silly, awkward things or say the wrong thing or just, you know, are vulnerable and, and, and real. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And you very much bring that to the group in the nicest way. So thank you, Beck. It's been if, great chatting to you. I you forgot that we were actually recording ourselves and just yes, relax. Yeah. So it's been wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's been lovely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. And again, is there anything that you would like to say before we finish? Or is there anything that you would um, offer to anybody who was struggling at the moment with booze and wanted to change their relationship? I think you've said keep on keep on going. Yeah. I think that's a big one. Anything and else? Committing to something like the program. I mean, again, I said, I mentioned before I had some doubts. Oh, do yeah. I just sort of, oh, I've probably had enough. No, I'll be right on my own. Yeah. But I'm not right on my own. Yeah. It might take a long time for me to realise that, but yeah. that's actually... That was the problem in between the long period of sobriety and then starting with that argument in my head. I didn't have a community of like-minded people who'd yeah. walked the walk, who'd been there. Yeah. And without that, it's pretty tough yeah. because you really are being a lighthouse. You're different to the rest of society and, and, and that takes, you know, because we're just so hardwired to be like everyone else to be accepted it's really quite hard to go out on a limb it is i think it's one of the hardest things i think you're, you're so right i think yeah that is is a huge reason why people go back to drinking yeah. is because they don't want to mm. it's like i don't yeah it's too hard to be different it's too hard to explain all the time it's too hard to make these changes yeah but it's not that hard if you've got this if you've got group a group of women behind you yeah yeah I think that's I think that's so true. That's so true. So I guess the piece of advice if you're sort of vacillating, will I, won't I, or I can't really afford it, or maybe my husband will find out. I reckon just jump in. Yeah. Deal with all that later. Yeah. yeah. Do it first. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> that's like my it. motto. <laughs> just do it do first. It. Work out how you pay for it later. <laughs> that's right. Work out the <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Beck. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and being so brave and, you know, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. It's, yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you, my love. It's been fun. I always love chatting to you. <laughs> oh, just before you go, I'm running a three-day virtual retreat between the 21st and 23rd of February. It's called Change Your Relationship with Alcohol in Just Three Days Without Stopping Drinking. Honestly, you've got nothing to lose. Here's what's included. You've got daily live coaching from me, a 
private Facebook community to connect with others, in-depth transformational content, and some work, examining your beliefs around alcohol, the things that are keeping you stuck, the things that will help you find freedom. There will be accountability and daily reflections, all of this for just $7. Don't forget to sign up. The details are in the show notes or on my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com. See you there. One more little thing before you go. I am opening the doors to the Great Aussie Alcohol Experiment live on the 20th of February. And I am offering anybody who joins up prior to the 20th of February from the wait list the opportunity to join for $50 discount. So for $400 instead of $450, um, that opportunity finishes on the 20th of February. So I will put the link in the show notes, get in there quick. There's a be- the beautiful thing about the um, live alcohol experiment is we have the amazing community that Rebecca's talked about in this podcast. You get the daily content, which is all the amazing things that you can learn about alcohol and about mindset and about self-compassion and judgment, not having judgment rather. Um, You also get uh, daily reflections. But the really cool thing about the live version of the alcohol experiment is that you get daily coaching with me in a Zoom group, which is really cool, really high value and can really be the difference between, you know, feeling a bit stuck and not quite being able to do things and having somebody be able to reframe an idea you have, help you find out where a hidden belief might be, give you some support and encouragement um, on a one-to-one basis and really help you transform your relationship with alcohol. So sign up for the wait list. Get the 50, 50 bucks off and hopefully I will see you in the group on the 1st of March. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com for my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com. Sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine. And remember to keep choosing you.